Hello and welcome to the Mindset Coach Podcast, the show where coaches and coaches-to-be tune in to learn how to integrate mindset coaching tools and neuroscience-based techniques into their practice and grow and scale a coaching business they love. Each week, I'll be sharing easy-to-implement tips, case studies, and business strategies that you can use right away to transform your own mindset and the mindset of those you coach. I'm your host, Lara Young, founder of the Mindset Coach Academy, author of 52 Adventures to Change Your Life, award-winning business owner, coach, and coach trainer. Tune into this podcast each Friday, free on all the podcasting apps, and click to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, mindset is everything. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to be looking at that very common situation that we face as coaches where our client has a little bit of trouble articulating or telling us what it is that they want. They're really great at telling us all the things they don't want to have happen, but when it comes to orienting themselves and their thought processes towards what they do desire, sometimes it can be a little bit of a struggle. And this may apply to you as well if you're listening in. Perhaps sometimes you don't really know what it is exactly that you want across the different areas of your life. And then once we've had a look at those things, we're going to dive into our third adventure for 52 Adventures to Change Your Life. So it's another great one today. So do stay tuned. Uh, If you were listening in last week, I asked you to create a feel-good playlist, and I'd love to hear some of those and in the comments below know what you included in that playlist. If you haven't listened to episode two, of course, you can head back on over and do that. So what happens when our clients don't know what they want or they tell us what it is that they do want in their life or their business. Well, one of the things I think that we have an expectation of as a society is from a very early age that you should know what you want. One of the questions that adults often ask children is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's rather an unreasonable question, isn't it? Because I don't know about you, but I think we're always evolving in terms of what it is that we desire across different areas of our lives. And certainly from a career perspective, you know, gone are the days when people had one job and it was their job for life. A lot of people these days have portfolio careers where they're doing a whole range of different things. And so sometimes what we can find is that people haven't tuned into, they don't really tune into what they desire. And this can often happen as well if Uh, your clients are so busy taking care of other people or thinking about what other people want in their lives around them. So for parents, that could be what their children want, children want, or um, for others, it could be what their parents want or their boss wants. Um, And so we've somehow kind of numbed ourselves to actually really tuning into what it is that we desire and what we enjoy you know, into those feelings of, yeah, I'm really passionate about this or I'd really like to do that. And so as a mindset coach, when you're working with your clients, what what you really want to be able to do is to help them to, to do that, to tune into their emotional state, to tune into their beliefs and their values and what's really important to them in their lives and the things that they'd like to experience, the things that they would like to do, be or have. And 
So sometimes when we ask our clients uh, those questions for setting goals, for example, for defining the outcome that they want to achieve, there can be a few little stumbling blocks as we go through because we're asking the client to really think about how they want their life to be. What do they want to have instead of what they've got now? They have, they've come to us in the present state, so they've come to us with a situation or a problem or um, some something isn't quite happening for them in their life or their business, and they have a desired outcome. They have something that they want to do, be, or have instead. And it's our job, isn't it, to really help them to define what that is, what is the outcome that they desire. And this process can take a while, right, to unfold. And one of the things that can happen in this process, of course, is that your client is so used to thinking about what they don't want that they do find it hard to then articulate what they do want. So, for example, if your client has a motivation or a behavioural preference, which is that they move away from what they don't desire, so they move away from being single or having no money or Um, not wanting to be in a certain type of job, then that is an away from motivation. The towards motivation on the other other end of the behavioural continuum is where your client will very much be wanting to move towards what it is that they desire. They'll be focused on building a relationship, securing a new job or a promotion or generating a certain amount of income. And there's neither right nor wrong in either of those. They're all part of a behavioural continuum. But what is very, very helpful and useful to us as coaches is to orient our client towards what it is that they do want rather than what it is that they don't want. Because we know that what we focus on grows, what we pay attention to with our thoughts, our emotions, our beliefs, et cetera, actually grows. And so if our clients are focusing on all the things that they don't want, then the likelihood of them actually achieving the goals, the outcomes for themselves that they do desire uh, are really slim, okay? So they're not as strong and powerful as those clients who do focus on what it is that they do desire. And so you may hear your clients, for example, say things like, well, you know, I don't want to be single. I don't want to be in this job forever. Um, I don't want to be invisible online. I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to be stressed. I don't want to be unfit. So in those circumstances, what we're wanting to do is to understand what our clients want instead. And we want to orient them towards the positive, the behavioural intention that they do desire. So say, for example, if your client says, I don't want to be single, then what we want to say to our client is, if you aren't single, then what are you? Okay. So what you're doing is you're asking them to create a representation in their mind about what the alternative to being single is. Okay. And in doing that, you're getting them to paint a very vivid picture to create a internal representation of what they're going to be seeing, hearing, feeling and saying to themselves when they are in that relationship. And, for example, if the client says to you, I don't want to perform badly at the job interview, well, then we can say, well, if you don't perform badly, what will you do? We're always orienting them towards the positive representation of a desired outcome, 
rather than fixating on what they don't want to have happen. Because as we know, our unconscious mind is very powerful and can actually engage in unwittingly, unknowingly, uh, engage in some form of sabotage. So we want to actually make sure that we're orienting our client to what it is that they do desire. Now, sometimes your client will express a desire to have more of an emotion or a state. So for example, I want to be more confident. Now, confidence, any kind of state, is very subjective. So what we want to understand is what does confidence mean to our client? So, for example, when you have confidence, what will you be doing? You really want to understand when they perceive themselves as having more confidence, what will that do for them? What, how will they be? What will be different for them when they have that confidence? Because what you can do then is to really start to distill down and narrow down what that means to the client. But also what you want to understand from your client, of course, is what will they be doing when they are more confident? Where will they have more confidence? Who do they want to have more confidence with? Um, when do they want to have more confidence? You really want to understand the context in which your client wants to develop more confidence. And so if we work, you know, blanket on the term confidence, it's pretty meaningless because our interpretation of what confidence means and our client's interpretation could be two different things. So what we really want to do is to deeply understand what does that actually mean for our clients? And in understanding these things, so in changing what they want, what they don't want into what they want, and in understanding the client's goals and asking them, you know, how would your life improve if you, or how will your life improve when you have a partner or get fit or relax or stop smoking or visible online, then what that's doing is that's engaging the conscious and unconscious mind envisioning life with the change. You're looking at this point for your client to really immerse themselves in the having of that goal so that they're absolutely embodying it all. They're in that. They are future pacing their experience. And what you want to do when you do this is to make sure that you're writing down what your clients is saying. How are they actually articulating and representing this change to themselves? You also want to pay attention to the words that they're using to describe the situation or to describe the change because sometimes people will use what we call complex equivalences or cause and effect statements so that, and I don't know, you, you may have heard clients say this before, where it's, I can't get a job until I lose weight, or when I lose weight, I'll be more attractive to the opposite sex, or when I, um, when I get fit, I'll be more confident. And so what they're doing is they're putting an equal sign in there when really those two things can be addressed separately. They're not reliant on one another. And sometimes that, again, can be another form of self-sabotage. So what we really want to do is to get our clients to focus on, well, what is it? If I don't want this, what do I want? And you can use contrastive analysis for this as well. So for those clients who really find it difficult to talk about what they do want, you can get them to write a list and tell you all the things they don't want and then say, well, if you don't want that, what do you want instead? What would you like to have instead? What would you like to do instead or be instead? And you actually are then 
changing the way that they're thinking about that problem or that situation in their life to be much more focused on a desired outcome rather than what they don't want. And bear in mind as well that sometimes what I don't want is a statement that the what I do want is not always the opposite of. So, for example, if I don't want to be stuck in this job, I want to change jobs is not necessarily always the outcome that the client wants. And there are so many possibilities in there that we can look to address with our client without automatically just assuming that it's the opposite. So I don't want to be in this job may mean that they want to perhaps get a promotion where they currently are. Maybe they want more responsibility. Maybe it's a matter of having a chat with their current uh, employer about their working hours. So there's so many different ingredients and options in there that we can start to explore. So working on something that your client wants is really powerful. It's really positive. It has a great positive orientation. And you as the coach can get them there absolutely with just some really, really simple questions about what they'll be doing when they have that thing, what's the opposite of what they don't want or what do they have instead of what they don't want and really orienting them in that direction. Very, very powerful stuff. Want to learn more about how you can become a certified mindset coach? Head on over to our website, www.mindsetcoachacademy.com forward slash coach certification and you'll find all the information that you need along with a button to book a call with me to talk about how you can become the best coach you can be. Last week, our adventure in 52 Adventures to Change Your Life was around creating a feel-good playlist. And one of the songs, well, it's not so much a song as a compilation of the written word that I always have on my playlist is this one. It's called Wear Sunscreen. Now, it was produced by Baz Luhrmann, who is an Australian director. The original words, though, were from an essay written by Mary Schmidt from the Chicago Tribune. She is a Pulitzer Prize winner and she was a columnist in the uh, Chicago Tribune and she had written an essay to the graduating class of 1997. And I think this week as we've been focusing on what you want and how to help your clients define what you want, these words are really powerful and I wonder if they resonate with you as well. So here it goes. Ladies and gentlemen of the class of 97, wear sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice now. Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Oh, never mind. You'll not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they have faded. But trust me, in 20 years, you'll look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way that you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really looked. You're not as fat as you imagine. Don't worry about the future or worry But know that worrying is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. 
The real troubles in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind, the kind that blindside you at 4pm on some idle Tuesday. Do one thing every day that scares you. Sing. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Don't put up with people who are reckless with yours. Floss. Don't waste your time on jealousy. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind. The race is long and in the end it's only with yourself. Remember the compliments you receive. Forget the insults. And if you succeed in doing this, tell me how. Keep your old love letters and throw away your old bank statements. Stretch. Don't feel guilty if you don't know what you want to do with your life. The most interesting people I know didn't know at 22 what they wanted to do with their lives. And some of the most interesting 40-year-olds I know still don't. Get plenty of calcium. Be kind to your knees. You'll miss them when they're gone. Maybe you'll marry. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll have children. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll divorce at 40. Maybe you'll dance the funky chicken on your 75th wedding anniversary. Whatever you do, don't congratulate yourself too much or berate yourself either. Your choices are half chance, so are everyone else's. Enjoy your body. Use it every way you can. Don't be afraid of it or what other people think of it. It's the greatest instrument you'll ever own. Dance, even if you have nowhere to do it but in your own living room. Read the directions, even if you don't follow them. Do not read beauty magazines. They will only make you feel ugly. Get to know your parents. You never know when they'll be gone for good. Be nice to your siblings. They're the best link to your past and the people most likely to stick with you in the future. Understand that friends come and go, but for the precious few you should hold on. Work hard to bridge the gaps in geography and lifestyle because the older you get, the more you need the people who knew you when you were young. Live in New York City once, but leave it before it makes you hard. Live in Northern California once, but leave it before it makes you soft. Travel. Accept certain inalienable truths. Prices will rise. Politicians will philander. You too will get old. And when you do, you'll fantasise that when you were young, prices were reasonable, politicians were noble, and children respected their elders. Respect your elders. Don't expect anyone else to support you. Maybe you have a trust fund. Maybe you have a wealthy spouse, but you never know when either one might run out. Don't mess too much with your hair or by the time you're 40, it will look 85. Be careful whose advice you buy, but be patient with those who supply it. Advice is a form of nostalgia. Dispensing it is a way of fishing from the past, wiping it off, painting over the ugly parts and recycling it for more than it's worth. But trust me on the sunscreen. Those words really resonate with me and that's why they always make it onto my must-have feel-good playlist. Now, Adventure 3 for 52 Adventures to Change Your Life is to become a tourist in your own city. Being a tourist is a unique mindset. You tend to pay attention to the sights, sounds and aromas around you in a different way when you're on holiday than you do in everyday life. 
when we go on holiday, we tend to want to make the most of everything. We want to make the most of every single minute, getting out and about and exploring and from dusk until dawn. Unless, of course, your holiday is lying in a beach, which is still a great sensory experience, but maybe you don't notice as much then. So this adventure is really about having one of those experiences as a tourist in your own city. So what I'd like you to do for the next week, or at least to create the plan to do sometime in the near future, is to go onto TripAdvisor or look on the, up the what's on guide in your city or town. Have a Make a list of the places maybe that you would like to visit that you haven't yet. Really go and explore the place in which you live through a tourist's eyes. And then, as with every week with our adventures, what I'd like you to do is to really focus on answering the questions, what you achieved, what you got from the adventure, and what you learned. So you'll write down what you did to complete the adventure. So in this case, it would be where you went and how you spent your day as a tourist in your own city. What did you learn by completing this adventure? What are you going to change in your life as a result of it? So what will you stop doing, start doing, and continue doing? And then what are you most proud of in relation to having completed this adventure? And again, your adventures can be solo or you can grab your family, grab some friends, whoever, and just really make an occasion of it. And this one actually, being a tourist in your own city, is a really great one for that. This wraps up this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. I really look forward to you tuning in again next week. And if you've enjoyed it, please do subscribe and also make sure that you're sharing it with your friends who you know will enjoy it too. Bye for now. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. Remember to join us next week for another episode and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review if you've loved it. Share it with your friends. And I really look forward to learning how you're implementing the tools and techniques that you're learning here. Mindset is everything.